0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: All right, Buffalo Bills fans, welcome to another episode of Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. Anthony Marino, happy to be here with you once again. Back-to-back podcast for you this week. Early on, we were talking about Greg Olson as he signed with the Seattle Seahawks. That's in our earlier breaking news podcast. But today, going to talk a little bit more with you about free agency. Before I get into that, I do have some news for you. Obviously, it's Wednesday and you're getting breaking Buffalo rumblings instead of the Nick and Nolan show. If you haven't already heard, Nick and Nolan are going to be moving to Thursdays and Fridays. So for all you fans of the Nick and Nolan show, the great podcast that you get here on the Buffalo Rumblings Network. You're going to get their show, two new shows, twice a week, each Thursday, each Friday. So I think that's some great news. You will be getting breaking Buffalo Rumblings each Wednesday, as well as jumping in with any breaking news, as it may happen, as we get closer to free agency, not just for the Buffalo Bills, but all the teams around the NFL. Today, I really want to talk to you about what I would call three swing big Free agents. And I think as we take a look at this, we know the Bills have a lot of available cap space. We know they have some guys that could be uh call them cap casualties, right? Some players that might get cut. Prior to the start of free agency, there's been plenty of talk about guys like Tyler Croft, Trent Murphy, maybe even Lee Smith and Pat DiMarco that could free up additional dollars in cap space for the Bills. And it's interesting, right? Because you think these last couple years in free agency since Sean McDermott has arrived in Buffalo, since we've had Brandon Bean as the general manager. And it's not that the team has gone crazy with any large-scale free agent contracts. But with that said, they have not been afraid to spend some money either. Now, I say that you look to the 2019 offseason, right? The signing of Mitch Morris making him the highest paid center in all of the NFL. I mean, obviously, that's a sizable investment. The year before that, the signing of Star Latulale, coming in a five-year, $50 million deal. And really the first season when McDermott was here, before Brandon Bean was in place, the, the biggest free agent signing was Micah Hyde, and I don't put that on that same that same level. But what I'm trying to say here is it's not that the team is afraid to spend any money. As you go through with it, and I know we say they're going to be judicious. They've got guys they need to extend But in some ways, we're just making an assumption that they're absolutely going to extend Deion Dawkins, Matt Milano, Jordan Poyer, Shaq Lawson. And I think the foregone conclusion is with Trey White. But with those other guys that I mentioned, I don't know if that's a sure thing that's going to take place. So as you look at it, right, we don't know if that's a sure thing. We've got plenty of time before free agency hits. And as we do go through with it, like, let's talk a little bit about some of those other guys that might be on your wish list as well. For me right now, there's three guys that that truly stand out. Before I get into that, though, I think there's some important dates from the NFL that everybody needs to consider. Because I think as it goes through with it, right, it's just some of these dates that are upcoming that I think are important just for fans to be aware of. First off, you've got the NFL scouting combine coming up the end of this month. February 24th through March 2nd, you know, that's always interesting. Of course, we talk a lot about the draft. There's guys that, you know, we have our annual draft crushes. We'll talk about that in a future podcast. But, you know, you go through with this, and this is where some of those guys, you start to hear more chatter, all the agents, all the general managers, front office staff are there. And and things go more from speculation to actual rumors that there might be some weight behind. Sometimes it can be smoke screens, some you know, whatever it may be. But once you get guys, you know, performing in spandex, running the 40, uh, out there with their peers, you start to see some separation on, hey, who really is going to sneak into the first round and who's really going to drop into the second round? You know, you think back last year in 2019, you've got the number nine overall pick. It's kind of easy to peg, Okay, who are the top nine guys on the board that are going to go and who is it that falls to you? When you get to 22, I think it's much more of an open book, right? It's the difference between player 22 and, say, player 35. Is there that wide of a range when it comes to it? Once you get to the combine, I think that's going to, you know, some things will kind of start to become a little bit more clear, at least as it comes to some of those rumors and what's a smokescreen and really what's not. Um, Also, February 25th, that's the first day where teams can designate franchise or transition players. Uh, They have until 4 o'clock on March 10th to do that. For the Bills, despite any speculation that's uh, out there about Jordan Phillips, I do not expect them to use the franchise tag or the transition tag on him uh, or Shaq Lawson for that matter. Uh, March 16th to the 18th is the legal tampering period. Right. Once you start to go through that, it leads up to the start of free agency at four o'clock New York time. So really, you know, that legal tampering period, you start to hear some some absolute definites of this player is signing here. This looks like it's going to take place. Of course, we've seen some things that reported during the tampering period that did not come to fruition. Most notably last year, when it seemed like Anthony Barr was going to be signing with the Jets and then had second thoughts before uh, that contract was signed opting to return to play for the Minnesota Vikings. So I put those dates out there for you because they are coming uh, rather quick, right? We've got the combine coming up next week, which will be great. I think there's so much news that always comes out of Indianapolis, a lot of great conversation. And the Buffalo Bills have so many of their beat reporters that make the trip to Indianapolis. So, you know, you get great news from guys like Sal Capaccio, Joe Biscaglia, Matt Perino, Matthew Fairburn amongst others. So, you know, as you go through all of that again, it seems like things go from more of just speculation and rumors to at least some tidbits that have a little bit more weight behind it that comes out of the combine. So free agency, it'll be here kind of before we know it, right? When you when you take a look at it. Recording this on February eighteenth, so one month from today. And as you go through, like I said, there's really three guys for me, right, that I see as these swing big targets for the bills and that might not be something that you know you would expect Brandon bean to do of course i would not look for him to sign like all three of these players or even three free agents that would have uh, and really demand this type of a contract but for me i think when you look at immediate upgrades for the bills what these guys could step in and do obviously with everyone that you have returning uh from the 2019 roster to 2020 and then that doesn't even get into the draft where we know there's plenty of talent there. So for me, three guys that really stand out in the first is Jack Conklin, the right tackle for the Tennessee Titans. You know, the thing I like about Conklin is, again, you know, here is a guy who has performed at a high level in Tennessee. And I know it's hard to evaluate tackles, right? When you're watching the games, it's not something that you look at and get excited about them as a playmaker like you would as a running back or a wide receiver or pass rusher kind of along those lines but you know as we go through with these things and you talk about making the buffalo bills offensive line the best that it can be in my opinion and again and so many others say it right and guys that you know and trust and that do this for a living you shift cody ford over to right guard you put conklin in at right tackle you've got morris at center. You can flip John Feliciano to right guard. He's got that flexibility. And Deion Dawkins at left tackle. You add a Pro Bowl player at Conklin to your line. Again, you flip Cody Ford, who could, and I say could because he's still young, could be a dominant right guard on the offensive line. And then again, you look at Feliciano, Dawkins, and Morse, probably the three strongest pieces of the Buffalo Bills offensive line this past year, you combine that group and you see an immediate upgrade to everything that the team does along the right side, right? Conklin can make that type of an impact. Now, listen, it comes at a price probably going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of $15 million a year. But when you talk about the Bills offense, solidifying the line, you look at the offense or the investment that Brandon Bean and his staff made in 2019, I realize that is a sizable chunk, and when you think that the team used a second-round draft pick to take Cody Ford in 2019, you know some of you may say, "Hey, let's have a little bit of patience with Ford," and that very well could be the case. But if the Buffalo Bills are in a situation, and it's not like a "Hey, we're one player away from winning the Super Bowl" type of conversation, but if you're looking at it and say you have the capital, you can add this one piece. Make one shift, right? And I say the one shift, meaning that you would still have four of your five starters on the offensive line. Ty and Seki can stay as your swing tackle. You've still got guys that can add depth, right? When you look at someone like Spencer Long, who has some versatility, that he could probably play either guard spot or fill in at center if needed. You know, you're in a position where you add someone like Conklin again, neighborhood of $15 million a year. I realize it's not cheap. But you're bringing in someone that is a pro bowl right tackle. You've got him as your bookend with Dion Dawkins, who you, you know, we talk about extending he going into the final year of his rookie deal. I think it's one of those situations where you can truly solidify that line, not just for Josh Allen, but for Devin Singletary and whatever you decide to do at running back, but put yourself in a position to have great success and make improvements in the 2020 season. The second guy on my list, and I've wavered back and forth on this. I've gone back and forth, and it's A.J. Green, the wide receiver from the Cincinnati Bengals, so many different times. Even last week in the podcast, I said, you know, the, the free agent crop of wide receivers, it's it's just not an inspiring group. But when you look at someone like Green, and maybe if he's going to command and I'm thinking in the $10 million range per year. I think if you get north of that, right, and some speculation that he could command as much as $15 million a season, then I'm changing my tune a little bit. But let's say you're talking about a two-year contract in the neighborhood of $20 million. Figure out the guarantees as you must. But it gives you that opportunity, right, where if you're the Bills and you're picking at 22, you don't have to take a receiver. If the top three or four guys are off the board, you're not settling for someone that might not be the best fit for you. You can truly take that best player available. And you have someone like A.J. Green, and I realize he hasn't been on the field since 2018, but he was dominant in 2018 for those nine games that he was playing for the Cincinnati Bengals. 46 receptions, 694 yards, six receiving touchdowns, 15.1 yards per reception and you think about pairing him with Cole Beasley and John Brown, again, I know it makes your receiving core a little bit older than you may want it to be, but that's when you can look to the draft, maybe your second-round pick, a third-round pick, your fourth. You're going to be able to get guys that then can develop behind Brown, behind Green, behind Beasley, that when it's their time to make that next step, they'll be able to. And as I look at it more and more, I think as someone like A.J. Green, what he could mean to the Buffalo Bills. Again, that mix of size and speed, standing at six foot four. You know, you, you talk, again, I know there's depth in the draft. I know there's some guys that can come in and potentially make an impact. But as we look at this and you talk about the window when Josh Allen is on his rookie deal, and you talk about someone like Green, I, I, don't, I don't see Amari Cooper as a, a, a realistic prospect but I think Green is, and I know I've flip-flopped on it before, but if I'm looking at it and talking about swinging big, if the Bills make the move for A.J. Green and he joins the team in 2020, again, you add him to the mix with Brown, with Beasley, Dawson Knox, Devin Singletary, again, other guys (laughs) on the roster, you add some rookies to the mix with it. I'd be really curious to see what we can get from A.J. Green for a season or two. Joining this team and again providing that big vertical deep threat um, that he can honestly he can he can do anything at wide receiver right I don't even need to just peg him as a vertical uh, as a vertical deep threat but uh, you know here's a guy that can come in again if you're talking about two years twenty million dollars something in that neighborhood maybe even a contract that mirrors that of John Brown right and if I remember correctly I think Brown signed a three-year deal for around twenty-seven million dollars average of $9 million per year. I believe there was about $10 million in guarantees, right? So if things don't work out with green, you get out of it after that first year and you really haven't lost too much as it relates to that. So for me, that's number two on my big swing list.
0: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience.
1: The third guy on the list, and it's uh he's become a popular name with Bill's fans, and that's Matt Judon, the defensive end from the Baltimore Ravens. And I think this is a guy that you look at, you know, and I know you talk about contract years, right, and what that can mean and this and that, but Judon was an absolute monster in 2019 making the Pro Bowl. You think of the way that he stepped up, right, with the uh, departures of Terrell Suggs um Darius Smith. And, and here comes Judon and, and really just having a phenomenal season for the Baltimore Ravens defense, wrecking absolute havoc. And just a guy that, you know, you talk about 31 pressures, 17 quarterback knockdowns on his way to the Pro Bowl. And, you know, as you talk about him, you know, the question is what type of contract is he going to look for? But if you're talking about something in the neighborhood of 15 to 16 million dollars per year, you know, this is a guy that I can see being an immediate upgrade for the bills. It would most likely mean the departure of Trent Murphy. We've said before, you'd save eight million dollars with his release. Right. And you could immediately use those dollars to put it towards a contract towards Judon. Um, Maybe if that's the type of guy you pursue, maybe that does not make Shaq Lawson a foregone conclusion, which I think for many of us right now, there's a bit of an assumption that he's going to resign in Buffalo. But who knows, right? You could see something if if Lawson wants to test the markets. And if you make a move and you, you move on from Trent Murphy, you bring in someone like Judon, 27 years old, you know, can step in, be an immediate upgrade at that position. Then you can look at the draft and you, you know, you talk about guys that, that could be an option to pick 22 or even in the second round that can develop behind Judon and Jerry Hughes and see what takes place there. So, I mean, we're talking about three guys that'll command over $10 million per year, some big type of contracts. But, you know, despite what Brandon Bean might say in press conferences and this and that, you know, each of the last two years with him as the general manager, he has signed a player to a deal that is averaged over $10 million per in Mitch Morris and Star Latulale. Now, again, that doesn't mean it's a guarantee that he's going to do that. There's guys you want to sign to extensions. To what extent is is the CBA and the fact that that hasn't been negotiated yet going to play into even the ability to do some of those contract extensions and what that would look like? And again, is there going to be somewhat of a surprise that comes through with that? And by surprise, I mean... I think many just assume that the bills will extend Jordan Poyer, Matt Milano and Deion Dawkins. And, uh, and I don't want to say that that's a foregone conclusion because honestly, we have no idea what the team is going to do at this point. We haven't seen them in a position to truly extend a player along those lines. You know, sure they've done contracts with Steven Hauschka and Jerry Hughes, but I don't look at that as the same level as these gentlemen coming off their rookie contracts and what the team will do moving forward. So for me, It's Matt Judon, A.J. Green, Jack Conklin. Three moves I would love to see the Bills make when free agency opens a month from today. Of course, I'd love to get your thoughts. Hit me up in the comments section. Let me know who those swing big free agent targets are that you're looking at. And of course, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you get all the great podcasts from the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. Uh, with that being said, I'm going to wrap things up here. I always appreciate you guys tuning in, all the feedback that we get each and every week. And as I always say, thanks for listening and go Bills. Take care. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets.